This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability, LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbell alerts, doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with zero contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com/team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Use the promo code TEAM, T E A M. You've got nothing to lose. So go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com/team. That's simplysafe.com/team. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. From oh, oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa, deep oh, no. oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that. Victor on the deep floor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back to episode 82 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and here with me as always, Eric Hawk. Uh, and even though it's quarantine, everybody's stuck in their houses doing nothing. We couldn't get Jake Light on the today's show, um, which isn't really a shock. Uh, it hasn't been a while since we've spoken with each other. But Hawk, how is it going? Are you surprised that uh, Jake has declined our invite to join the show today? No, you know it's been a while since we've got a Heisman from him, and since the NFL draft was yesterday and this past weekend, you know the Heisman just seems like it fits perfectly here. So you know, not too surprised at all. Other things going for me, I feel like I'm just playing Call of Duty. I'm going from screen to screen and in between work is what I'm doing and then sleeping somewhere in between. So that's my life currently. Yep, pretty much sounds like that's how it's going for everybody uh, at this point in time. Um, 
but I'll go ahead and I'll start off with my story here. I know we had we wanted to do some storytelling on the podcast today. So let's just start off with the story. So I'll go ahead and tell mine, and then I believe you had a story you wanted to tell as well. I'll let you do that next. But this is the first time you're hearing this story. And this story just went down within hours. Uh, actually, this story was just wrapped up within the last half hour. So what had happened was Jake Light, as we all know, the third member of this podcast who just decides when he wants to be on the show and when he doesn't want to be, um, he uh, has an issue with being very irresponsible. So think of you know a fourth grader and then take it times 10 for irresponsibility and that's Jake Light. Um, so this guy has is known for showing up at your house and losing keys or forgetting them and trying to leave leaving his wallet as you know he left his wallet at your house before. Anytime, yep. yep. So uh, the funniest part about this is earlier in the week his wife had we I had went on a or I had met my wife and his wife who are friends. They were walking at a park here in town and I showed up there after work to pick up my dog. And I heard rumblings of a rumor that Jake has been leaving his keys unlocked in his car overnight and sometimes leaving his wallet in there. So this is no shock to me and people who know him very well. Um, So she forms a plan that says, I'm going to message you sometime, so be ready. I want you to come over and I want you to steal his car. So, so we're like, okay, this was earlier in the week. We get a text last night, uh, Saturday night around seven or eight, p- 8 PM. She goes tonight's the night. They had just gotten home from the grocery store and he had, uh, left his keys. She had confirmed he left his keys in there. And so, uh, we went over there just around 8 PM last night. My wife and myself, my wife is currently pregnant at the time. Um, and so she, I drop her off. She gets out in the car. A pregnant woman gets in his car and takes his car. So he got his car stolen by a pregnant woman. So we, yeah, she drives off and parks the car in my driveway. So his car was in my driveway since eight o'clock last night. So we've talked to him since in Madden and group chats. Guy has no idea what's going on. Still. Still. And so what happens is uh, I wake up this morning. It's 10 o'clock. I woke up pretty late this morning for some reason. I don't know what's gotten into me. But anyways, I woke up at 10 o'clock today. I text his wife and say, well, what's going on? He was still sleeping. So at this point, it's been 14 hours. His car is still over at my house. He has no idea. Um, And then another hour passes by. He opens the blinds at his house, looks outside, still didn't notice that his car was gone. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, he realizes that the car's gone. Um, And what had happened was, last night, he said when he was on his way home from the grocery store, he was going to put gas in the car. And he never did. So the the gas tank was, like, extremely empty. So, uh, so yeah, so he, he had known that if somebody stole his car, if they didn't go to the gas station, it wouldn't be far. So he noticed it and he got on his bicycle and he rode around his block to see if someone just ditched it somewhere. And (laughs) didn't call the cops. cops. He called his dad who his dad was no, his dad knew about it. Ashley messaged him last night and told him that this was happening. So he had to be, so he was acting like, you know, he he said he pretty much just told him to go look for it yada 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 but he knew that his car was just over at my house and uh so he called his dad dad knew about it and so they drive around and she's in the car with him for like at least 20 minutes 20 25 minutes he's looking for his car can't find it and then finally uh she tells him to look in my addition which my neighborhood's relatively close to his neighborhood and uh he drives down the road. She goes, we're coming down your road. I walk outside and all of a sudden I see the car, but the car just turns around. So he did a, he was headed towards my house, pulled into a driveway and then left. He saw his car. He knew it was there, but he didn't want to drive to my house yet in that point in time because he was so pissed off and he didn't want to face me making fun of him. <laughs> you saw him turn around. Yes. 
So five, ten minutes passes by. He comes back. Um, and yeah, he, that's, that's pretty much the story. He gets his car, his keys, his keys were locked up inside my house all night. It was definitely, his car was in better care over here, safety wise, not getting stolen than it was just sitting outside of his, his household because we had locked the car doors and took his car keys inside. That's amazing. We should just do this every weekend. Yeah. Just go steal Jake's car <laughs> Saturday night and wait for him to find it Sunday morning. That would yeah. be awesome. So, uh, yeah, it ended up being, I think, 15, 15, 16 hours was the total time in which his car was over at my house and he had absolutely no idea that he had got his car stolen. And I think the first thing that I would do in that situation is I'd walk out and see my car was missing. I think my first thing to do would, I would be, I would call 911. I think probably that's, that's what I, I, there's no reason to call your dad. Or, like I, I wouldn't think that it was a prank in that moment. I would immediately, cause I would be so mad. I'm like, I'm going to find these guys. So I would call 911. I'd be like, look, you can help me. Or you can not help me, but I'm finding these guys regardless. And then I would just go Rambo looking for it. And they would probably, I'd probably never find it. But, yeah. you know, I'd be looking forever. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got a nice car, Dodge Charger. You know, definitely uh, a stealable car. So, um, yeah, that's that's the story. I stole a car for 15, 16 hours. And uh, everybody knew about it except for the car owner. And he, uh, he just, it just goes to show you just how irresponsible uh some people are in the in this nation and uh it was it was a fun time i can't wait to do it again yeah i had a guy i had a buddy who he got a brand new like gmc truck in like 2018 got a little drunk maybe got behind the wheel maybe not that's neither here nor there smoked a light pole pretty much totaled the car it's still run but like very bad and he took it to this guy in illinois so he could fix it under the table it's been almost three years now. The guy still has the truck, won't return any of his calls. They drive by his like lot, and it's not there, and he says he's been working on it. So basically this dude just – and he doesn't know what to do because it's in Illinois, and he, there's no – you can't call the cops at that point. So this guy basically has him over a barrel. So a similar story but pretty funny. But what was the other story you said I had? I don't even remember. I thought you had said earlier in the week we were going to do a story time. I thought you said he had a big story to tell. Maybe not. Oh God, do I? Maybe. I forgot about that, but I remember I was wanted to also talk about the the Tom Brady incident. Where yes, yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Which is neighbor's house. So if you guys haven't heard, um, Tom Brady was going to meet with the offensive coordinator of the Bucks, uh, Byron Leftwich. Apparently, he got his addresses mixed up, and he just walked into his neighbor's house, set his bags down. And just acted like, you know, everything was gravy and then realized he was in the wrong house immediately. It was funny because I think TMZ like interviewed the neighbor and he was just like, yeah, he was just so casual, just walked in, made himself at home and then realized he was in the wrong house. I just that to me will never not be funny. Tom Brady just barging into somebody's house, not knocking or anything, just completely assuming he's in the right spot and just sitting down to chill. That was just hilarious to me. And I mean, you can't get mad or like, you can't say, dude, what the hell are you doing? You walk out. Like if I just walked out and like, I mean, I'm not a Tom Brady fan, obviously, and I don't like him, but like, if I walked out and he was just sitting in my living room, I'd be like, Oh, Hey dude, what's up? Like, I wouldn't be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. You got to know you live next to Byron Leftwich and that could happen at any second. But that was just a story of the week that I thought was hilarious. Not really a story necessarily that a personal experience, but I just thought that was so funny. And then we also had the NFL draft after that. I don't know if we want to talk about that now or later. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into that. Um, So NFL draft happened over uh, the weekend. Uh, Started Thursday night, the first round, and then the second and third rounds were on Friday. Uh, Four through seven was on Saturday. So before we get into, most specifically, we'll focus on the Colts picks there, but before we get into those picks, how do you think it went being a virtual draft? First time ever it's happened. I think, I mean, I think it went relatively well, except for all the sob stories and, you know, Goodell at the end of the night kind of looked like he was high as hell. Other than that, I think everything went pretty well. Yeah, I just don't know how Goodell could look so uncomfortable in his own house. And, like, he just looked like he was reading every word and then looking back at the page, then just reading it word by word, like, a third grader. I mean, he's the most awkward, 
robotic man ever. And, you know, the fact that the Patriots fans were the only ones booing on the little, like, screen they had, you know, that was clearly planted. He's like, we're just going to have one of that and make it kind of funny. So you're not pulling any fast ones on me. You know, I thought the stream, you know, having Adele do every pick like he did, you know, led to a lot of, there wasn't any real issues, which was nice. But, you know, I kind of tuned out after the Colts' third-round picks. And then from then, you know, I think we got better deeper in the rounds too. So the draft, I think, went pretty well, about as well as you can expect. Yeah, so they didn't have that first overall pick, which would have been 13th, or first-round pick, which would have been 13th overall. Uh, they traded that to the 49ers for DeForest Buckner, so not a bad pick there, swap there. You get an all-pro uh, defensive guy there. So um, they didn't actually draft until the second day. There was some talks about them trading into the first round. One of the biggest surprises there from the first round, though, was the Packers trading up to draft Jordan Love, who was potentially a target there for the Colts at 34. So... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's got another three or four years under contract there in Green Bay. Um, And not only did they just pick Jordan Love at their spot, they traded up to get him. So they obviously liked that guy, and they wanted him to back up Aaron Rodgers for at least the next few seasons. So how do you think that's going to play out there in Green Bay? Uh, Aaron Rodgers seems like you know a very conceited dude, and I don't know if he's going to be able to handle it kind of like you know, it's like the circle of life kind of here where he did it with Brett Favre and now Love may be doing it with him. So how do you think Rodgers handles this out knowing that, you know, he's got – he's only like 35, 36 years old. He probably wants to play at least four or five more years at minimum, and he's going to have some guy staring over his shoulder that, you know, Green Bay is hoping to replace him in the future. Yeah, I guess it kind of comes down to the relationship Rodgers has with the new coach that they had last year in their GM. I mean, he's notoriously just kind of a bitter person that doesn't get along with people that well. He's got an infamous history with his family, yada, yada, yada. Um, Jordan Love was drafted the same time that Aaron Rodgers was drafted for Brett Favre. I believe I've heard they were the same age. You know, and I think it would have been a little different if Jordan Love would have fell to them, but the fact that they traded up is a little strange. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the guy for the next couple of years, but... I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that enjoyed that pick by any means because, you know, he's injury-prone, or he has been. He had a healthy year last year, so we're probably going to see Jordan Love before it's his time, and then, you know, then the pressure's on. You know, It's the common – it's the Dak Prescott. It's all these other quarterbacks that this has happened to. The Tom Brady's, you know, it, it could switch at any moment. You just never know. So I wouldn't say he's happy. What do you think? No, I don't think he's happy at all. I know that he was on the Pat McAfee show uh, maybe a couple weeks or whatever it was before the draft, um, and he said that they hope he hoped that they would go out in the first round and get a playmaker, something like that. So he was hoping they would get something around him to help him out. I mean, they went 13-3 and last season. You would think that you know they have high aspirations for this season going in. And his hope was that they would bring in, you know, another young stud to add on offense or a defensive stud, something like that. Um, And they instead go for getting a backup quarterback. Um, Honestly, kind of a, I don't know if, if I was in that situation, I would kind of feel like it was a slap in the face. But I mean, I do understand what Green Bay is doing, um, as you can see right now with the Colts. Obviously, we were still expecting to have Andrew Luck, but right now we've you got to get that franchise quarterback. Um, that's the most important piece. So right now we're we're st- sticking it out with Phil Rivers, but um, y- you got to find that guy. And if you have a chance to go get him, and they think he's the future, I mean, I feel like you got to do it. Yeah, just going through the Colts picks, I, I really like what they did. Especially, you know, in the second round, we had those picks. We didn't have a first round pick, and we got that big bodied receiver we'd been looking for opposite of Ty. Hopefully Paris can be a little something, and that'll give us a good, you know, three rotation ride receivers for Phillip Rivers. Then we got the running back out of Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, all time. I didn't realize this until we drafted him that he had the fastest forty time amongst running backs. So that's pretty impressive. He's got the stats and the speed that you know Reich really likes. And then we got a safety out of Utah, and then that fourth round pick, Jacob Eason. A lot of people were saying how they thought he was falling according to their grades. Maybe he could have been a second around, and then, you know, with the 
twenty, 122nd pick, we get Jacob Eason out of Washington. You know, you, he could be terrible. I mean, you know, he could never play an NFL game. That That's always an option, but he's got the arm strength. I, I believe I saw he was the high school number one quarterback recruit coming out of high school. So he's got that pedigree, arm strength, had some character issues. And then we got a guy from Ball State, an offensive lineman, always beefing up the line, love the Ball State pick there, chirp, chirp. And then carrying out, we got a couple other guys, and then we got you know the best kicker in the draft. We signed him, Blankenship. So everything I've seen, and in my own personal opinion, I think Ballard's had a really good draft this year. You know, per usual, trading back in spots, getting more picks, and it just seems to get guys that are going to be in the league for a while. That's what he's known for. Just his guys staying around. So I'm happy with the draft. It was it was a nice change of pace, sports wise. You know, but, you know, this could be the last sports we have until, what, UFC in a couple weeks, and then who knows from there. So I I think it was a good draft overall. Yeah, so kind of highlighting their uh, Pittman Jr., their first pick there in the second round. Um, He's going to be 23 this year, 6'4", 223 pounds. Um, Some of the comparisons he was getting, especially with Phillip Rivers, is, uh, you know, prototype is uh, Vincent Jackson. Um, so I don't know how long it's been since he's been in the league. It's been a few years, but that's not a bad pro comparison there, especially in the second round. So um, I know that I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but um, the big the biggest thing for him is I think he reliability comes from Pittman, and one of the things that you know the Colts receivers have struggled with here in the past few seasons is uh, drops. Um, so a lot of drops by the Colts receivers. And that's one of the things that Pittman Jr. specializes in is I think he only had like five drops in his uh, career there at USC. Um, Yeah, so not too shabby there. Maybe that wasn't career, but uh, maybe it was the season. But nonetheless, uh, he, you know, doesn't drop a lot of balls. So that really is a good pick there for the Colts. Um, Jonathan Taylor there in the second round as well. I was a little surprised that um, they traded up to get him. I wasn't expecting the Colts to go after a running back. I don't hate the pick. I actually love the pick. Um, just a complete workhorse, uh, 5'10", 226 pounds. Um, he had 926 rushing attempts at Wisconsin and ended up with 6,174 yards, 50 touchdowns. So a uh, big guy there that the Colts can work in this year with Marlon Mack. And then also for the future, if they don't want to re-sign Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor shows them something this season, um, they can just let Marlon walk. Even though I'm a Marlon Mack fan, I do like Marlon Mack. Uh, he does get hurt a lot. So this is, you know, uh, I don't think having like Jordan Wilkins as the backup was, was getting it done. Um, and Naheem Hines is really more of a, you know, a receiving running back rather than a, you know, a pure running back. So, I think it was a, a solid pick, and obviously, you know, they really wanted to grab him there, um, especially with Jacksonville coming up before them. They wanted to uh, go out and make sure they got him and added him to the roster. So they like what they saw from him, and, and I'm actually very excited about that pick, I think, the most. I think that I think he'll be a solid Colt for years to come. Yeah, the main issue he had was, you know, fumbles. He had 18 fumbles. He lost 15 of them just almost won every other game so that was the main issue something he needs to work on but i mean he had so many carries you just think the fumbles are definitely going to be up but the 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 concern for him is just low workload that he's had so far and then those fumbles but i like mac taylor and hines as our three and then wilkins if you can keep him on the practice squad i wouldn't mind that but i could see him making an nfl roster somewhere else but you know, with that free agency of Matt coming up, people don't like to play running backs, and Ballard's a smart GM, so we'll see how he handles that going forward. Yep, and then uh, third round there, Julian Blackman. Uh, he was from Utah, uh, the safety there, 85th overall pick. Um, still relatively young. He's going to be 22 this season, um, which it kind of surprised me since the Colts kind of feel like they have that safety position, you know, all set. Uh, and Malik Hooker and Kari Willis, uh, and then you have George Odom backing up. So, kind of feel felt like they have that position there, kind of you know wrapped up. But there was also some talks about trading Hooker during the draft. So I don't know if the Colts plan on paying him next season when he's due, or what 
what they might end up doing, but it, if you watch the tape, and obviously I don't, I didn't watch Blackman, and I the first time I had heard of him was you know the draft day, but watching the highlights, I mean this guy looks like an absolute monster out there, um, and I think. I think I saw like he had wrote a letter to himself or something in the fourth grade talking about being an NFL player. Just seems like a really smart guy. I know he's got injury history. I think he might have towards ACL or something like that. But I was actually once after doing research on this pick, I was actually very excited. He seems like a really down to earth guy, smart kid, and I think he'll fit in well in the locker room. Yeah, I think all of Ballard's picks, you know, they try to follow that formula of just basic intelligence. Not going to get in trouble off the fields and then just you know high upside guys and blackman especially is one of those guys and with hooker being on the trade block potentially you don't really know where the future is you got to pay leonard and nelson in two years that's that's in the back of his mind always i don't i don't hate the pick strengthen up a strength you know and I, i like that yep and then uh Another pick here I'll highlight. Five, six, and seven rounds. I mean, you got the Ball State guy there. Chirp, chirp for you. Congratulations on that. Uh, yeah. Always a good pick when you can get some offensive line depth, so not going to hate on those picks. But anyways, the big pick in the fourth round that we're going to talk about here, Jacob Eason, you hit on that. 122nd overall pick. Um, he's going to be 23 this year, played at Washington. Um, and uh, he played – so last year was his junior season, played in 13 games, had a 64% completion rate, uh, threw for 3,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Um, he actually began his career at Georgia and then decided to transfer, um, uh, I think, uh, after his freshman year. Um, but anyways – Colts took him there in the fourth round. There was a lot of hype on this guy about the Colts potentially taking him in the second or third round. I think after Love was taken there, it was between him and um, Jalen Hurts there is the next best quarterback available. Hurts ended up going in the second round to the Eagles, which was kind of shocking. Um, So Eason had sat there. Some Colts fans were thinking maybe the Colts take him there in the second round with their later pick, or maybe they take him in the third round. Ended up not taking him. Fourth round comes around on Saturday, and the Colts end up drafting him there uh, with their pick in the fourth. So I don't. I haven't watched a lot of this guy. You know, probably just some basic highlights. So I don't know if you've seen him play a lot. But what were your thoughts on this pick? Obviously, a very important position here for the Colts. Philip Rivers is old, 38, 39 years old. He's only going to play a max, maybe one or two seasons here in Indy. So, do you think this guy could be? you know, the future for the Colts or just maybe, uh, you know, high upside guy in the fourth round that, you know, maybe could turn out for him after Rivers retires. Yeah. Is there, there was Jake Locker, Jake Fromm and Jake Eason. I'm trying to think of guys in the NFL named Jacob. They don't have much success so far. So this may be the first run of Jacobs. We see with success. Uh, Jake Plummer. I think he didn't, he won very uh, good. Jake Plummer. Uh, Jake DeLome? Wasn't it Jake DeLome? Jake DeLome. Yep. Yep. There's another one. Jake Light didn't make it to the NFL, so yeah. Jake's uh, Jake's are not they don't have a good good track record. No, so you know, Jacobs are batting about five hundred, you know, honestly. So we'll see with this guy. I would like to think yes, in Reich's offense, if we get more weapons he can succeed, especially with the year under Phillip Rivers. And even if we keep Jacoby around, which I don't know if we will, that's like the big question going forward is what do we do with Jacoby? You would like to trade him probably, right, for a year, but then what team's going to need him? Probably have to wait till training camp injury happens. You know, that usually gets a quarterback moving somewhere. So we'll see what they do with him. But, you know, he's he can learn from Jacoby too. I mean, he's had two years of starting experience. So I think it's the perfect fit. You know, young, this offense is, you know, kind of getting retooled a little bit. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor pick and you know we've got a good line and you know Pittman as well first two picks offensive players so I think he's going to come in and he's going to get a lot of second team reps and we'll see I mean it's hard to say with these guys in the fourth round you just never know you could get a steal or you could just be terrible you know the quarterback's picked you just never know so time will tell I'm hoping and and I'm you know I'm really hopeful I think third round we kind of wanted to take him. So the fact that he fell to the fourth round was was interesting and exciting for a lot of Colts fans. So that's what I think. Yeah, I um, I was I was kind of shocked that they ended up going that way. I didn't think they would end up drafting a quarterback. 
um, especially now that they have two on the roster. But, I mean, obviously you got to plan ahead, and if the right guy falls to you, I mean, taking a risk like that, not really a risk there in the um, – in the fourth round, if he pans out, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So, I mean, it's not like they took him there in the second round, which, you know, I think we would have gotten a lot more scrutiny if, if he drafted him there in the second round and he didn't pan out. So, fourth round pick, not too much risk there. Um, the thing is, though, like you kind of hit on, what are they going to do with Brissett at this point? Um, Cam Newton, he's still a free agent. I think teams will value him more than they do Brissett. Jameis Winston just signed as a backup with the Saints. So, I mean, really? yeah, he, he did this morning. He signed as a backup for, uh, for Drew Brees. How much you make? Um, I don't know what the dollar amount is, but I know it's a one-year deal. And apparently he could have gotten a more lucrative offer somewhere else, but he decided to take the deal with to play under Drew Brees for a season, which I find completely bullshit. If he had a deal to go make a shit ton of money, I feel like he would have done that. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of just shocking to me that, you know, you have guys like that still out there. Um, you know, Cam Newton, obviously with some injury histories kind of dropped off the last few seasons after his MVP season back in 15, making the Super Bowl run. But there's just not a lot of value out there for Jacoby at this point. And if you got to keep him on the roster for this season as a backup, you obviously, you got the cap space to do it. There's not much more free agents out there at this point. Um, except maybe like Clowney or somebody like that, but I doubt they would sign a guy like that. But I mean, no. So, I mean, it's not bad to have that kind of quarterback depth, you know, especially with an older guy at the helm, even though rivers doesn't have a lot of injury history. Um, but I did just see that Ballard had said something about, um, Eason having to fight, off with Chad Kelly for that third string quarterback position, which I find completely funny because there's no way Chad Kelly makes this roster again. No, I mean Kelly and Reich are buddies. You know, Jim Kelly and Chad Kelly's his nephew, or I think it is. So you never know. There's a little nepotism going on there, but I, I don't think Chad Kelly's the answer. We all wanted to see him last year. We wanted to see swag out there, but you know, I would take swag over Brian Hoyer, but I would not take swag over the other three guys we have on the roster. No, you don't spend a fourth-round pick on a guy and then cut him for Chad Kelly. So that's not going to happen. I think he's just blowing smoke up our asses. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I think the only chance the Colts have at getting rid of Jacoby is maybe if New England calls. Uh, I think that that would be an ideal place for him to go back to. It's only one season, so that's it. That's the only way I see him get trading in the next few months, or if there's an injury, you know, around August, or you know, if a future Hall of Fame quarterback just decides to re- retire two weeks before the season. Um, I think I think that's also a cause for a team calling the Colts up and making a trade for him. So. Yeah, he has that experience with that. Yeah, so he, he definitely has experience from that. And, I mean, I'm not going to fault him. I, he's a very solid backup quarterback, um, good guy in the locker room to have. So um, he just – it didn't work out with him in the Colts last season. Uh, had a good start to the year there, but finishing the season 2-7, and not, two and seven, whatever it was, 2-8, and eight, I mean – I'm glad that the Colts are exploring other options here and trying to find something for the future at the quarterback position. Well, listen, I, I may be rewriting history with my Madden team now because I've just beat the Titans and the Texans in back-to-back weeks, you know, and I'm getting into playoff contention. So if we want to talk Madden, that's where I am. Yeah, so uh, so a couple weeks ago um, – Actually, probably a week and a half ago, you know, get onto the PlayStation Store and see that Madden 2020 is selling at a small price of $24.99. So I'm not going to spend $60 for a copy and paste, as my friend would call it, Madden game. Because Madden, I hadn't played Madden since Madden 2012, I think. That was the last time I had played Madden. And I think Calvin Johnson was on the cover. Maybe that was 13. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, 
so that was the last time I had played Madden, and I can tell you from experience that the game is the same exact game now in 2020 as it was back in 2012. So an eight-year difference, no major changes to the game except a couple other bullshit things. Franchise mode still sucks, making trades, signing free agents. It's not easy at all. It's not user-friendly. That's the one thing I will give 2K, even though 2K gameplay has went down. Their franchise is far superior than other uh, video game, sports video games, uh, but the game still sucks. Anyways, uh, we decide, you know what, let's do a Madden franchise and let's choose some bad teams and try to rebuild them and make them better and just play a season out, a couple seasons and see how it goes. So uh, four of my friends decided to start this league out, uh, Jake is being one of them, he started in we said some of the worst teams on the game, he, sa- he decides to be a stubborn asshole and goes with the Browns. <laughs> which they have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield sucks, but he's still 76 on the game. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously Jake has played the most Madden over the past eight years. He has played games on all Madden against, and he, he still wins games. So obviously he's, you know, he's got a lot of experience playing Madden. He's the best Madden player and he chooses the better team out of all of us. Um, so he takes the Browns, other buddy takes the Lions, other friend takes the Dolphins, and I take the Arizona Cardinals, um, and, you know, that was mostly just because of the Kyler Murray factor there, and, I, you know, I kind of like Arizona, it's a, it's a great place, uh, I've never been there, but I just know it's a great place to go, um, so, I go with the Arizona Cardinals, so we play eight or nine weeks, we're streaming it on Twitch, each game so every so all of us can watch the games make sure we're not cheating and just have fun talking shit to each other during the games you join in you start watching the streams and you just joined this past week um and you've taken the colts um and then another buddy of mine just joined as well and he chose the redskins so we have six teams now in the league and right now i think we are 13 weeks in 13 14 weeks in my Arizona Cardinals are currently sitting at seven and five. We just blew two complete blown games against the 49ers. Um, I've taken on the persona in this franchise. Uh, my head coach Juan Blanco, which is the first name that they give you. I just liked it so much that I decided I had to keep it. Um, and since then, I you know I'm just trying to take on that persona. I ordered an eight dollar Amazon uh, hat uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. And I also went on eBay and got a one-fourth zip-up Arizona Cardinals shirt for $6.50. So during my games, I am wearing these outfits just to get myself in that coaching mode. Um, And, you know, we're taking it seriously right now. I'm battling for playoff positioning in the NFC. I think right now we're the sixth seed. 49ers have the tiebreaker on us. It's going to be a rough finish. Um, especially since I got to play the Browns and that's, that's going to be a loss. So going to be a rough finish to the season for me, but obviously you have some better luck there on your end. Um, you actually were what one game out of the lead in the AFC South. I think it was two, but so the first game I joined, you know, the Colts have gone on a little losing streak. We're playing the Texans. We have, I think we're four and seven. Yeah, we're four and uh, maybe three and seven, but anyway, you know, I realize the division's so close. It's like the Jaguars are like 500. So if I just win out, I have a shot. So I beat the Texans in overtime, and then I came back this morning and I blew out the Titans. So I'm right back in there. I'm tied for second in the division. I've got an easy game against Tampa. I think they're two and seven. I'm about to win that and be tied for the division lead. And you know, nobody in the AFC South is like the top 15 best teams in this league. So it's just kind of like real life, honestly, battling it out in the the life of the AFC South. I don't have Quentin Nelson. I got robbed on my trade of that before I uh, took over, before Frank Wright was fired. And they brought in uh, Fred Bundy is my guy's name. So before Fred Bundy was brought in to straighten out the program because Reich was just left it in shambles in this Madden simulation. You know, I didn't have Quentin Nelson. I'm missing Marlon Mack. Apparently he's on the Arizona Cardinals doing yep. good things. So I'm my running backs are Ty Montgomery and Kenyon Drake. So I'm dealing with those and T.Y. Hilton. So I'm basically the real Colts. I have no weapons other than T.Y. And my defense is also, I don't have Anthony Walker. I've had a couple guys stripped from there. So 
I think I got three first round picks, and my my goal is to run the table, win the Super Bowl, upset Jake, and I think it would be the second round of the ASC playoffs. That would be all time because he's undefeated. David and Joe is leading the league in receiving yards. Odell Beckham second. This man is absolutely just an offensive juggernaut. So we're gonna have to slow him down. And I don't know if I got the horses on the defensive end to slow him down, but I'm gonna give it my best shot. And I'm not gonna lose a game until I play Jake Lai. That is my promise. Yeah, I play him in week 15. So like I said, I'm already chalking that up as a loss. The guy has, you know, played Madden for several years. Like I said, he's playing against all Madden defenses. He loves Madden more than any person I know. Um, so that's ridiculous. Madden sucks. For the record, I bought Madden when it came out on Xbox. And then a couple months ago, I just sold my Xbox because everything I wanted to play was on PlayStation, and it was free. So I was like, this Xbox is dumb. So I've bought Madden. I've spent $80 on Madden roughly this year, and I hate it. Every time I play other than that franchise mode, I get pissed. I punch my wall. I'm just whining. It's the only game that I like get physically and like mentally upset at, and this Madden. I hate Madden. Yeah, the but worst. I want to beat Jake so bad that I, will... I don't care if I hate Madden. Yeah, the worst part about it is they call a lot of face mask penalties. That's what yes. pisses me off the most. Like you get a big stop on third down and then all of a sudden they call a face mask penalty pisses me off so bad. Um, and, and like I said, the game hasn't changed. The graphics feel like they were the same eight years ago. I wish I could compare them. I mean, it's just a copy and paste game. No differences, no changes. Um, it sucks, but it was only 25 bucks, so whatever. Um, if I wasn't playing a franchise mode like this, I wouldn't have bought it. But, um, yeah, so the the best part, actually, is the streams, watching the streams, talking shit while everybody else is playing. The funny thing is the guy who does the, um, the Dolphins franchise, he actually played Jake last week, and it was a very highly anticipated game, and he ended up losing like 65-14 to 14 or something like that. So a complete obliteration. But the funniest thing about the Dolphins is the guy can't kick. So if you put him in the 20-30 to 30 yard field goal range, he shanks it wide right, wide left every time. So I don't you got to watch his streams. That's the best part. I think on the year he's 5 of 12 for field goals. It is so bad. It is so f- amazing. It is so funny to watch because, like, the field goals are like the easiest part, especially when you're playing on the easier, uh, you know, the easier settings. And so, like, he can't make a field goal from 20 yards because he shanks it right every time. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And I, I saw that that same person. They only beat the simulated Colts by like three points, which that's terrible because they were so bad before. You know, we got Fred Bundy up in the helm, so. <laughs> I'm not too worried about Fogelman. I just said his name. Hopefully he's listening. Um, I think if I have to play him in the playoffs, I'm pretty comfortable. I think he's well into the playoffs. I think he's beat enough computers at least to to be there. So hopefully I get him. I think it might be an easier win than playing the computer, honestly. It might be, especially if you can stop him. So if you can hold him to, you know, field goals, you definitely have a good shot to win. He was that was one of the things is he was marching down the field against Jake uh, last night when he played him, and he had, got the ball first, was marching down the field, and ended up he stopped him fourth down, twenty five thirty yard field goal, and he just absolutely shanked it to the left or the right, and had no chance after that. It was just a momentum breaker there for him missing that field goal. So if I want to stream these games, do I just is there like a setting I can link my Twitch account to on my PlayStation or how's that work? Yeah, so I can send you the directions, but you got to link your Twitch account and then you can just broadcast it. So I'll send you the the instructions. Yeah. It's it, it's really easy to do. Yeah. So that's probably what I'll do for my next. I don't have any big games coming up though, so I might have to wait till I have like a series clincher. You know, the playoffs, which every, is in a couple every days, game but. is a big game for you though, because you got to win out to make the playoffs, pretty much. Yep, I got a Tampa will be an easy win. I might stream the Saints game I have in two weeks. I think that would be a fun one to, yeah. to stream. And as we know in real life, when that game happened, I believe Drew Brees set the completion record on us. So hopefully, I can rewrite history yet again. I will say, I as a I went in Juan Blanco. We went into uh, New Orleans. Uh, earlier in the season, and we just completely we won that game. So, really? yeah, it's a tough place to, win. It's a tough you know, place to play. Early in his career, that's that's surprising. Yeah, the only person who's really had our number this season, you know, um, uh, the Arizona or excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons, they completely had our number. I don't know what happened that game. It was just a cluster. And the 49ers, I mean, they just they're just 
I mean, they're in my head. They're in my head. I've had chances to beat them, and I always, I'll, I'll just be the first one to say it. They're in my head. They, they've gotten inside there, and for some reason, I just can't beat them. I know I can, but for some reason, they just, you know, it's just mental block. I can't do yeah. it. And I, I, I partially blame you because every stream you've watched me play on, I've lost. Yeah, I think I've watched three streams and you've gotten. One of them was close, but the other two were not very close. So yeah, I'm definitely the bad luck curse here. Yeah. So uh, before we close out here, final thoughts. The only other thing that's really happened basketball related at this point in time. Um, basketball NBA is canceled, so don't get your hopes up. The, the NBA season is not coming back this year. So, yes. so you fans out there that think it is or holding out hope, just just stop. Um, but the only basketball related thing right now is the Last Dance, Michael Jordan documentary streaming on ESPN. Uh, two episodes came out last Sunday. Another two are dropping Sunday evening, uh, focusing on Dennis Rodman and the Detroit Pistons. Um, so the first two episodes, I watched those both last Sunday. I'll watch both of them probably here tonight. Um, what were your takeaways from that? Um, you know, biggest takeaways, funniest things, what, what not, uh, from what you saw in the first, uh, first two episodes. Yeah, these, it's been so long since I've seen it now. It's been a full week, so it's, it's hard for me to, to re- reconnect with it, but, uh, I'll probably rewatch it in its entirety when it's done, but it's definitely the best thing sports wise going and. You know, they've had all these ESPN 30 for 30s. They've had one about the Pacers-Knicks. They've had one about the Bad Boys. They've had Lakers-Celtics um, rivalry, and they, those were all really good. So this is just another one. And 10 parts, when I first heard it was 10 parts, I'm like, oh, could this get boring? But, you know, the way they're doing it, they're kind of telling the story of the last ride, and they're going back in each episode and explaining the characters that you're seeing. So... I think the Rodman one's going to be electric just from everything we know about Dennis Rodman. He's just an exciting character. And, you know, if you're a fan of the Detroit Bad Boys, that one will be good, too. They have a lot of kind of connections. I believe Rodman came from Detroit. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, so a lot of connections between the two there. And then, of course, they've won two uh, championships in the 90s. So they have a lot of connections. So that'll be a, a fun one. And, you know, from last week, you know, just Scottie Pippen getting screwed, Jerry Krause just making up to be the enemy of this whole thing. And, you know, I listen to, to tie this into Pacers, I listen to Mark Boyle and Slick Leonard do their uh, little history NBA show that they've been doing on uh, SoundCloud, I believe it is. And, you know, Slick Leonard's got a story where Jerry Krause, he gave him his first job and he lived in his basement for a while, I believe, in Baltimore. So it's just another example of Slick Leonard just being all over the world and having all kind of influence in basketball and the history of it. So that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, those are the things I take away so far. Yeah, like you said, Scottie Pippen there, um, the contract-wise, I mean, he was the one who, you know, he signed the contract, he accepted it. So, I mean, I don't really feel sorry for him. And, you know, obviously he's made – He's made enough money throughout his career, endorsements and things like that, where you know he's he's well off. But definitely got screwed on that contract, being the I think 122nd overall highest paid player in the NBA. Um, but I mean, he did sign the contract, so um, it is what it is. But locked him in there long term um, for I think seven years, what it was. But yeah, that was obviously I never knew about that. Um, and you know, for me, I was, you know, seven or eight years old towards the end, obviously the first part of their championships, I was, you know, just a baby, had no idea what was going on, but six, seven or eight for their, you know, their final run. And obviously I don't remember a lot of it, just bits and pieces, but it's, you know, I, I know from history and reading and things like that, but, um, it's interesting to see some of the things that you didn't know about, like the contract there. And then obviously I, I don't think I knew how bad it was that final year, especially with Kraus and uh, Phil Jackson telling him he could win 82 straight games and he'd still be his last season. So, um, I, I wasn't aware of that, you know, that the feud between them really, I mean, obviously something had to happen for, for it to end, but I, I, it's it's cool to you know go back and see some of that stuff um you know the college highlights as well from North Carolina making that shot um and then his early playing career which you don't know a lot about playing with you know the drug addicts they were all doing cocaine and you know pretty much they were just winning games because of him and how good he was um yeah. and and obviously I don't remember the exact uh history lesson here but I think the Pacers could have had a chance to get him i don't know if they traded or what they did but they could have had a chance to trade for, or get michael jordan and for some reason they couldn't i don't remember don't tell me that. 
I don't want to hear that right now. Yeah, that, I, that just makes me even more mad. I don't, don't want to hear that. I don't know what it was. I've heard it before, and I just read it recently. I'll have to do my research on that. Uh, but somehow the Pacers could have got him. I don't know how factual that is, but I'll have to look that up. But anyways, Portland definitely dropped the ball there uh, with the number two overall pick and not taking him. Um, but if you're the Rockets, you don't feel as bad. You got to keep Elijah on uh, top 50 player. Uh, of all time, and he won two championships there in Houston. So, um, not too shabby, you know, picking him. And I think if the Bulls had the first pick, they said they would have taken him too. So, anyways, th- those are just some of the key highlights there. I'm excited for you know this next roundabout, especially about the Pistons because um, they won two two rings there in the late '80s, early '90s, and they were just pretty much the kings of whooping Michael Jordan's ass and everybody else's ass out there on the court. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, watching tonight's episodes. Yeah, and you got to think towards the end of this is going to be that Pacers playoff series because I believe even Jordan himself said that was the hardest series they had going to a championship was the Pacers one. So hopefully we get some shine in these later episodes as well. Yeah, that was. Uh... That was for that final season here is that Eastern Conference battle, the the well-known push-off there that Reggie had to sink that three on Michael Jordan. So that was his final season there in Chicago. Um, and I'll be interested, too, to see maybe if they talk more about his Wizards time as well because that was just kind of you know a random thing that he did and he came back and played. I think he drafted Kwame Brown and then came back and played for the Wizards, which was you know kind of strange, but I hope they – talk about that towards later episodes just his career there in washington yeah that's the only really jordan i remember was when he came back for the wizards i remember i was just watching sports still young can't even remember probably like six or seven so i don't even really remember the bulls run as much so that's the only jordan i remember from life experience as the wizards one yeah and shout out to everybody who still has a washington wizards michael jordan jersey um oh, they're out there yeah. you see them every now and then yeah so that's all I got. You got anything else you want to add here before the end of the episode? No, I think this was a good tight 40 minutes, uh, whatever it is. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us here. Um, and one thing I do want to say to all you out there uh, to finish this episode, little life lesson for you. Do not leave your car keys unlocked in your car overnight. So... That's PSA. yeah. That's going to uh, wrap up this episode. Not sure when we'll be back. Probably sometime here soon. Uh, but appreciate you guys listening and uh, have a good rest of your week. See ya.